see what else we can butcher today. Happy to be with you. It is Monday. We start uh, another week. Mosley and Simcox together again. Limited engagement. Um, forces keep tearing us apart, but we just will keep. They just can't do it. They'll always. You'll always have a Mosley and Simcox extravaganza. And Stephen, um, you know, I was making my way through Arkansas the end of last week, and I. I've, I've put together some nice itineraries for people. I think people should, uh, I think our listeners would enjoy Queen Wilhelmina State Park, uh, the railroad, the miniature golf, the lodge that's up there on top of that mountain. And you can see Oklahoma, second highest peak in Arkansas. Stephen, that's not exactly like the second highest peak in Colorado or the second highest peak in U- Utah. Like it kind of sounds funny to say, we're the second highest peak in Arkansas because the truth of it, Stephen, is it's just high enough to where as you're climbing it, your ears kind of ears kind of start to not pop, but you know you you feel a little elevation change. It does a, it does impact you just a little bit as you're as you're changing elevations, but nothing like going to a mountaintop in New Mexico or Colorado or something. But I would say, Stephen, Arkansas. A place with some hidden beauty, and um, and I, I think um, I can kind of understand why kids from Texas end up at that school because it's it's I think they waive in some instances out of state tuition. You know they've done a good job recruiting Texas kids, and I think it's the beauty. I think it's the and pretty good education. I mean I I think you can go to Fayetteville and actually learn some things. So we're going to give them credit where it's due, but. Stephen, I did a, I, I did the Mena, Arkansas, followed by a little jaunt over to Hot Springs, and did the, uh, kind of walked around Bath Row, and and um, I would say Hot Springs is an underrated place to visit. The only negative, only downside in my mind, Stephen, is still kind of a smoking city, still a place where folks like to have a good cigarette. You know, even like downtown Waco, I feel like with all the changes and everything, I'm not saying people don't sneak a cigarette here and there, but you don't. You, if, you're, if you're making your way around downtown Waco and Temple Belt and all the beautiful parts of central Texas, you're not seeing a ton of smoking. <laughs> Our, hot Springs, you're yeah. still, you still see some pretty heavy-duty heavy, heavy duty smoking going on. You're taking me back now because the one time I was in Hot Springs, which was last fall, I do remember thinking, man, a lot of people are smoking here. It was kind of like being transported back to Mad Men. Just people were sitting outside having a cigarette. And, hey, yeah. I mean, that's I guess that's what you do in downtown Hot Springs. Now, what you're starting to see, though, with the, the laws on marijuana, not as strong as they used to be in most states, you're starting to see people get a little more brazen and a little more uh, carefree, Stephen, in so – I guess what I, I, I would ask our people, 254-662-1660, um, would you prefer marijuana smoke to cigarette smoke? I mean, both are pungent. Both are strong. I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I think I prefer the, the secondhand marijuana smoke over the, the secondhand cigarette smoke. Now I, I don't know I don't know Stephen I that's I think I'm getting way out there on a limb, 
But I think that's where I am right now. And, Stephen, have you ever noticed sometimes people will, somebody will drive by, like, your street? or It used to be, like, you never in your neighborhood, you didn't smell marijuana. During the COVID and everybody stayed at home, Stephen, I feel like the neighborhoods you started, to, like, I, I think even over there on Austin Avenue, <laughs> even on the exclusive areas of town in Waco or, or McGregor, Stephen, wherever that, that little neighborhood you live in, very exclusive. I think the I think the marijuana smoke does waft through there. And I I think our tolerance for marijuana in terms of like it used to be Stephen, if I smelled like marijuana at a concert, I'd be like, Oh man, wow, folks were doing dope. Oh my goodness. And now I feel like we just treat it like secondhand smoke. Like there if we still had non smoking and smoking at restaurants, the smoking areas would also include marijuana smoking. I think that's where we are. Yeah, again, hadn't really considered it, but it it's becoming more and more commonplace. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's funny to watch. Also, you know, I know you've kind of dabbled a little bit with this, Matt, but all the CBD stores too, all the dispensaries, not so much in Texas, but they're just out and about now. It's uh, it's funny how the sort of public sentiment shifted in the past five or ten years. I'll tell you how quick your sentiment changes when you have a broken neck and a broken back. You're willing to try anything. That's right. Yeah. Like, bring me whatever. <laughs> give, me, give me all your oils. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I still have not transferred over to the – I have had friends. Matt, you got to try the – I mean, they think marijuana helps with pain. You see it with athletes. And, again, I'm not saying I don't – I mean, I think it probably is effective. But I've stopped – I don't do that. But the CBD oils, if I can find something to rub on my neck, Stephen, I'll, I'll just take about anything. Oh, what? The other day they said, That's a, this is a roll-on. This is like a Delta 9 roll-on for your neck. I said, give that to me. <laughs> give me some of that, like immediately. And then I you asked have a Delta Stephen, 10? <laughs> yeah, give me the Delta 10. But the Delta 9 roll-on, Stephen, that goes for just a little old roll-on like you like you get for maybe uh, you've seen your wife, Stephen, the deodorant. They have a lot of the, the women like the roll-on kind of stuff. Men usually don't. Uh, but they have that for uh, pain. Guess what? A little tiny one of those roll-ons sets you back at most CBD scores at stores. That would be about 65 bucks. Oh, all right. We need to go on that business, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, we need to be in position when they legalize marijuana in this state. We need to be ready to roll, Stephen. I don't know why we're we're in radio. We should be out growing crops right now. We should turn into farmers. All right, Stephen. Do you think anybody's ever grown anything in McGregor? Don't answer that. I don't incriminate anybody. <laughs> I feel like there's a field out there somewhere where there might be some of those poppy plants or whatever we call them. I wasn't so, cool enough to be offered, but I've heard rumors. You know, some guy showed me when I was in junior high what was called like a roach clip. Have you ever heard of that, Stephen? You ever heard somebody talk about a roach clip? That, that doesn't sound like a real thing. That sounds like somebody's. No, nah, that's an old marijuana. That's a dope thing. And I remember my some guy in my science class whipped out his, you know, like, a, hey, you got a roach clip here. And I remember thinking, I don't know what that is, but I don't think I better get involved with it. Two five four six six two sixteen sixty roach clip. Do you remember that? Am I saying that right? Is there such a thing as a roach clip? I just remember seventh grade science, Mr. Bergen's class. Um, 
thought hard enough I could remember the name of the guy, but he probably didn't want my he probably didn't want his name thrown. Pastor out Johnson there. and McGregor has already turned us off. I'm sorry, Terry. Terry, no, Terry likes uh, he mostly likes it when we talk of uh, old like uh, Christian music groups, but he's okay with us some marijuana talk because he knows neither one of us really partake. Uh, I do partake in the CBD oil. If you'd like to partner with the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox, text us, 254-662-1660. I think it's the craziest thing in the world that we don't have a CBD uh, partnership, Stephen, but I'll tell you what we do have. We've got an ice cream partnership that we're going to roll out on Thursday. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, I am very excited about this. Ice cream and coffee. Stephen, in my life... You know, you've got to know me pretty well. Are you, you think anything other than my family and our Lord, do you think anything outranks ice cream and coffee in my life? No, I can't imagine anything does. That's like okay. one and two. You, you most When we were doing the show at 10 a.m. and I would talk to Matt about our rundown, he was always, and sometimes even now, he was always on his way to get coffee and maybe some ice cream too. Yeah, today I grabbed some. When I always love to go by and get some of those common grounds. Okay, Stephen, if you'd had a common grounds, you're you're in, in T, at TCU. Your college career would have looked a little different. Now you had fun. You did some broadcasting stuff. You met people like Chris Gross. I've know I know some of your friends. You met some good people, but I don't think you all had like a great. You had Duchess for cheeseburgers right there on campus, and 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 I, and Cokes. Y'all didn't do a lot of drinking, so we'll we'll skip the beer. But, Stephen, and same for me, by the way. But, Stephen, did you have any, like, was there a coffee shop on near campus other than Starbucks that you could maybe go meet somebody? In fact, I think you met the fair Kristen, who would in, in, eventually become your wife, at a coffee shop. Is that right? Is, isn't that I where did. that romance started? Mm-hmm. Yeah, coffee shop and simple. Um, it, no, there what wasn't was the name like... of it? What was the name of that place? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Stephen doesn't know where he his romance started. That's sad. It's not Starbucks? No, it, it wasn't was like Starbucks. It was like an actual type. mom and pop okay. coffee shop, but the name is escaping me. Sorry, Kristen. Um, there was not like a great local coffee shop in Fort Worth near TCU. I mean, there was like Cafe Brazil was on campus, but that was more of a breakfast spot, and so was Old South. That was more of a breakfast place. Kind of a pancake, that yeah. Old South. That was a pancake shop. I feel shop. like given our, given our uh, current climate, Stephen... Do you feel like they've had to name their change the name? <laughs> I noticed, like in Hot Springs in Arkansas, it's like certain movements haven't hit yet. Have you noticed that? It's like they're still about thirty years in the past, and you're just kind of like, oh, I guess they're not aware of kind of what's going on in our country. But the old South seems like a place, Stephen. That um, I think it's still named that though, right there in Fort Worth, Texas. All right, Stephen, there was something that happened over the weekend. I want to remind everybody at three forty today. Kevin Longquist is going to jump on. He's from Rivals, and Baylor is on a roll in recruiting. And Stephen covers a lot of TCU stuff, but he also dabbles in Baylor. Stephen, I would say this has been a really good – remember this happened last year about this time. What, what do we call this? Like a really good 48 hours, 24 hours, whatever it is. The Bears are now like top 15 in the country for the 2022 class. In fact – Steven, some people have them now top 10 in the country, and rivals would be one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, 
do you think my our good friend Gary Patterson is kind of sitting over there today thinking, wow, what is Aranda up to? Or, does, or is Gary over there writing his next country song? <laughs> yeah, that's probably why he's only got three commits for the 2022 class. Uh, <laughs> no, Baylor's on a roll. They're now up to 18 commitments. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, Kevin Lonquist and, and his team at Rivals, they have them as the number 10-ranked class in the country. 247 Sports currently has them as the number 13-ranked class in the country. Um, over the weekend, they got some commits. Caleb Douglas, he's a wide receiver from Missouri City, Texas. He committed to the Bears. He's 6'3", 185 pounds. Um, that was a weekend commitment. He was one of the guys they had uh, on an official visit. Uh, Anise, Anise Sledge, he's a defensive lineman from Monroe, Louisiana. 6'3", 310 pounds, Matt, as a junior Bring in high in. school. Bring him in. Um, he, he committed over the weekend as well. And then today, a couple guys, Devin Bobby, who's from uh, DeSoto, he's a corner. He committed. And then Alvin Esboli, I believe, is, is how you pronounce it. He's from Coppell, Texas, and he's 6'6", 290. So a lot of size, um, a wide receiver from Missouri City, which we all know, you know, down in that Houston area, they produce great products. And then Devin Bobby from DeSoto, another good program. They are really cleaning up since they've been able to get these kids back on campus, Matt, after the, uh, the dead period finally ended. I love the breakdown. Steven, can you can, is is it impossible for most of us that have seen a certain movie to hear somebody's last name is Bobby and not think of Ricky Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> I just Don't I just put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Devin Bobby and I was like, Oh guys, Ricky Bobby. Look at this. Look at this class. I like this. And um there's a DeSoto kid you mentioned, the safety. He's the most recent. Um and I think uh, obviously Joey McGuire's association with that uh, with that district is is uh, is very helpful. But uh, Steve, this is a uh, this is a coaching staff that will get out and will make some things happen. So it's not always easy to recruit off a bad season, off a down season. They went two and nine. They were not pleased at all with what happened last year. And, Stephen, I don't know, maybe they're using the fact that we won a national championship in basketball. Maybe they're just – I think the I think the facilities are gorgeous. I think once they get people on campus, I think parents love the fact that Baylor has the Christian emphasis. I mean, I think you have to – when you're Baylor, you have to lean in to the things that make you you. And uh, the things that make Baylor unique are the Christian emphasis and everything that's going on now – I mean, Stephen, I, I don't know if how people negative recruit Baylor these days. For a while, it was probably, hey, they're going to have something happen to them. They're going to – well, Stephen, that, we're still waiting for that shoe to drop. We thought it might happen sometime this summer. Still think it might, the NCAA. I mean, think about that. We're How many years are you removed from Art Briles not being the head coach at Baylor, Stephen? Two, let's see, 2021. Are we three or four years removed? We're a long way from all that happening and yet nothing has happened. So the good news is the Bears just continue to roll on, and um, I think a lot of positive things have happened with the program, and uh, Mac Rhodes and his staff have done an incredible job. So um, I think it's really, really a, uh, a, a, a good time for the Baylor Bears. So we'll continue to monitor this. Stephen, um, this is a wild story that has taken place in the NBA today, and it involves – my hero, Michael Jordan, 
and it involves Scottie Pippen, and it involves Phil Jackson. Why, why is there always such controversy with one of the great dynasties of pro sports? We address it next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. The rain and isolated thunderstorms out there will gradually decrease later on this evening, leaving us with mostly cloudy skies and 72 degrees. It'll be mostly cloudy tomorrow with a 70% chance of showers and a few storms, a high of 87. And on Wednesday, partly sunny skies with a 30% chance of scattered showers and a few storms and a high of 9. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on the John Moore Show. Frank was just such a gentleman, such a great representative of Baylor University. And it wasn't just Baylor. I mean, he was doing the Baylor games, but he was so well respected that he was doing Southwest Conference basketball TV games every week. And the other coaches in the Southwest Conference were okay with that just because Frank was so so fair and did such a great job for their schools and for the league. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number. So, why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Having a tough time paying your bills? Learn how to reduce your credit card debt to a fraction of what you owe. Call the Debt Helpline now for free advice. 800-329-9912. 800-329-9912. For over 15 years, Wings Pizza and Things in Temple has been your go-to spot to watch the game and fuel up on great food. As the name implies, you can get delicious wings in 15 different flavors and amazing fresh-made pizzas. But that's not all that's on the menu. Try one of their burgers, sandwiches, or wraps. Or check out their new specials, which include two for $28 meal deals or their family feast. And you can top your meal off with something from the sweet spot. Wings Pizza and Things is family-friendly and has more than 60 TVs, so you know your game is on. Go to wingsandtemple.com for their menu. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107. Or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. Walking into a gym can be very intimidating and uncomfortable. Mobile Muscle can help. The importance of your health is something you can't put a price on. It's a new year, which means God is giving you the opportunity to start fresh. Life is busy and times are different. With my workout program, I customize a plan that will work specifically for you and come to you. No gym membership wasted. No workout equipment needed. No excuses. I'm Matt Cunningham, and I'm Mobile Muscle. Give me a call or text today, and let's kickstart this year off the right way. 254-716-5174. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. The Milwaukee Bucks go up two to one in the Eastern Finals, beating the Hawks 113 to 102. In the West Finals tonight, the Clippers are at the Suns. Suns could punch their ticket to the finals. They lead that series three to one. Tip is at eight o'clock. 
Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight, Montreal at Tampa Bay. Puck drops at 7 o'clock. Former Baylor standout forward Lauren Cox, the number three pick in the 2020 WNBA draft, was waived by the Indiana Fever. Astros split their four-game series with the Tigers over the weekend. Astros come home and start a series with Baltimore tonight, 6.05 first pitch. Rangers get a sweep of the Royals. They had the day off before starting a series in Oakland with the A's tomorrow night. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Simcox, a man who I feel like early in our time together, or maybe when he was at TCU, discovered classic rock and discovered, hey, nev- you're never, if you go Steve Miller Band or something like that, you're never wrong. You know, and, you, and there's a certain population out there that you will uh, always please. And Stephen has learned that over the years. Man, also, uh, he'll put some hip hop in there. And then Stephen, because of a story we about two or three years ago with some, uh, that involves some dance music. Electronic, uh, what do you call that? Electronic carnival music or something? Electronic? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It's EDM music, but Zeke was at the Electric Daisy Festival, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we got into that music at one point because of Zeke, because he got into it and somebody filed some charges, and it was, seemed like a real lame deal, but it was kind of a fun story for the off season. Zeke kind of fighting with the uh, the security. At the Electric Daisy Carnival. And that kid ended up being like a wide receiver at a JUCO in California or something. But, yeah, that was a, that was a funny story in the summer. That kid just transferred to Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Jones family took care of him. They sent, find- uh, who's, who was that old running backs coach that they sent to get Zeke when he had a car accident? Yeah, Eric, somebody, no, uh, Gary Brown. Gary Brown, yeah. Every time some cowboy would have a accident the running backs coach would show up on the scene just like out of the blue like all right all right i'm here to i'm here to solve this he was like a running back coach slash fixer well gary showed up he had a crash on the tollway gary brown should that really be a position coach's responsibility when a player has a wreck that they get they're like the first one to arrive like they beat the police out there the position coach just taking a report getting getting both sides of the story I think these position coaches are extremely important. That juice for the for Baylor, and then there's uh, Meatball. There's the D-line coach, and then there's uh, Dennis Johnson, and then there's that Justin Johnson. Justin, is that right? Justin Johnson. Anyway, he, I love that guy. Juice, the man they call Juice. And uh, he's the uh, running backs coach. It's a good, that's a good. And then they got somebody they brought in that's a uh, wide receivers coach who used to play in the NFL. Chancey oh, Stuckey from Clemson. I love that guy. Chancey Stuckey. Stuckey's is where a lot of us used to stop on uh, road trips. And if your parents were generous like mine, they might get you a uh, one of those, you could get those invisible ink kind of uh, choose-your-own-adventure type deals from Stuckey's. And you get in the, get in the car, and then you just draw on those things. Okay, Stephen, that was for spoiled kids like myself. 
I don't know. I don't know if you were as spoiled as I was, Stephen. They may have not been buying you those travel travel books. Actually, Simcoxes. I could see them buying some of those as y'all were making your way around the country. Stephen, did y'all, did y'all do many road trips? We would get on the road. Yeah, we. Uh, I remember. I don't know why this sticks in my, out in my mind, but one time we were driving. We were just at, like my grandparents' house, and they were living in San Antonio at the time. And I was with my dad, and I wanted to get like a, a snack, like some chips. And he was like, "No, that's way too, son. It's only like a three-hour drive. We're not going out of state. You can't get chips." But most of the time, my father was was much more generous. You know, it's funny for grandfathers and dads is like we never forget that stuff. That probably happened to you when you were like six or seven years old, and it comes back to you as it happened to you yesterday. I, I'm the same way. I can remember, and I can remember being on a trip with a family, and their their dad, the other family, put his foot down when my parents were getting us some travel travel games. He finally had spent enough money on that trip. The other dad, he told his kids, no, I'm not buying you any of that crud. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when I go on road trips, I'm looking for jerky. You know, it's funny. Things change over the years. When you start being the dad, then, you you know, you're out looking for bohemian-style garlic jerky and cheddar cheese, things that will kind of keep you going down the road. At Bucky's, that's kind of my order at Bucky's. Bohemian chicken or that Jamer- uh, Jamaican jerk um, uh, jerky. Stephen, are you a jerky guy? Do you, you, you get, will you get a lot of j- different kinds of jerkies as you make your way around the country? Yeah, I like beef jerky. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily like Slim Jims, but what you're talking about, like homemade jerky or, or finding yeah. it kind of around, around the yeah. state. Uh-huh. I like it where, and, and by the end of the road trip, your your mouth is hurting. Like your teeth, you got a toothache because you've been ripping through that stuff so much. <laughs> I mean, we weren't really meant to do that, I don't feel like, but we do it. All right, Stephen, um, this is an interesting story that came across our radar earlier today. Earlier this morning on the Dan Patrick Show, um, Scottie Pippen was on there. Now, Scotty has, and he may have had a, a little bit of the drink before he came on, but Scotty, I've been noticing on some of these commercials and stuff, Sc- Scotty Pippen loves the uh, the bourbon, and he's got his own brand of bourbon. Stephen, do you know the name of the brand of bourbon that Scotty Pippen's been out selling and everything? That's one of the reasons he's making all these appearances and, and offering his commentary. And Scotty... It's called Digits, Matt. Okay, Digits Bourbon. Is that a bourbon? Does that sound right to you? Yes. Digits. Mm-hmm. Scotty is, how would we describe him, Stephen? He, I would say that he petulant is one of the words, but also resentful is another one. He was not treated right, as we found out in that Michael Jordan documentary. Jerry Reinsdorf and others that um, Jerry Krause, they did not treat him right with the uh, Chicago Bulls. They didn't pay him enough money, and to this day, he is resentful. He's also resentful toward Michael Jordan, even though they, you know, got six rings together, and, you know, one, you can't really talk about one without the other. I guess we can talk about Michael without Scotty, but you can't talk about Scotty without mentioning Michael, and I think that bothers Scotty. He came from a small school. He had a chip on his shoulder, and he's always out there. When they interview Scotty, I mean, he knows how to say some controversial things. Well, Stephen, he got wound up today on the Dan Patrick show 
and he made some accusations. Now, we're not going to play this whole thing, but basically there's a story that goes Scotty would not go back into a game. One of those years they were in a playoffs. It was a huge moment. And Phil Jackson, and I think it was during a time Michael Jordan was off with uh, pursuing baseball. And Phil, everybody thought Scotty would get the ball to end the game. And Phil wrote, uh, did the play for Kukoc, Tony Kukoc instead. Kukoc is a great player. All right, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's that, had a great European career, followed by a really nice NBA career. Kukoc is a great, you know, just a, a great player. But they treated him poorly when he first got there. But he became a big enough star where Phil ran a play for him. And, oh, by the way, it worked. Kukoc delivered. But to this day, Scotty holds hard feelings against Phil. I thought all that was water under the bridge. Apparently it's not. Stephen, this came up today on Dan Patrick's show. Can we sample some of this? Help me understand the GQ article where you talked about the 1994 playoff game when you refused to go back in the game and Phil set up the play for Tony Kukoc. Well, I mean, it's not much to be said. If you go back and look at when Scottie Pippen entered the Bulls and when Tony Kukoc entered the Bulls and who deserved the last shot of the game. No, no, no. I understand that, Scotty. I'm just going by what you said. You said you need to read between the fine lines. And then you go on to say it was a racial move to give him, Tony Kukoc, a ride. So, well, I mean, if you knew that Scottie Pippen had been with the Bulls from 87, battled through the Pistons and every other team that we had to get to those three championships, wouldn't you give Scottie Pippen one opportunity to get a last second shot without Michael Jordan? Like one year without Michael Jordan, can I get one shot? Like, I'm doing all the dirty work. But all of that I understand from the basketball standpoint. But when so, you say a racial move. Well, why would why would Tony, who was a rookie, get the last second shot and you put me out of bounds? That's what I mean, racial. Like, that was Scottie Pippen's team. But, but Scottie Phil Pippen then, was but, but, on pace to be an MVP that year, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, why would you put him in a position not to be successful. Why wouldn't you put him in a position to succeed? Michael Jordan is not there. So who's next in line for you? But have you talked to Phil about this? Because by saying a racial move, then you're you're calling Phil a racist. I don't got a problem with that. Do you think Phil was or is? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, do you remember Phil Jackson left the Lakers, went, wrote a book on Kobe Bryant, and then came back and coached him? I mean, who would do that? You name someone in professional sports that would do that, you know? I well, think he tried to expose Kobe in a way that he shouldn't have. You're the head coach, and you're the guy that sits in the locker room and tells the players, this is a circle. And everything stays within the circle because that's what team is about. But you as the head coach open it up. And now you go out and you try to belittle at that time, probably one of the greatest players in the game. What well, feels like. Okay. Man, I listening to that, Stephen, 
you have a guy who's never gotten over something that happened in 1994. That's 27 years ago, 28 years ago. You have somebody sitting there today that is still caught up in all of that. Now, Scotty knows how to make an appearance and knows that he's trying to get his name out there and wants to sell this bourbon and all that kind of stuff. People say, well, he's just trying to do that. Well, I don't know if this is exactly the way to sell something. This is the way to stir up a hornet's nest. But a acclaimed player like Phil Jackson for the Knicks, and Phil, Phil had a decent basketball career, was kind of a uh, – I think Phil was more of a like a – what you call a hippie guy from the from the sixties. I mean he just kind of went off and at one point I felt like he lived in a commune or something. I I and he had teammates who were obviously African American. I, I I've never really heard much about this. It's an interesting take that writing that book about Kobe and maybe saying some things about Kobe and saying that he's hard to coach or whatever the case might be, um Scotty's interpreting that as it was it it was racist. That's that is. Uh, I mean, this is. It's pretty wild. I I think it goes down to. The fact that Michael and Scotty can't let anything go. They both have grievances and grudges that are still there. I. I I'm trying to think if Michael even talks to Barkley anymore. I mean, there's certain guys that we don't even totally understand for whatever reason they had some huge falling out that were great friends. Um, boy, this is just, this is, you talk about, now, again, maybe there is accuracy to it. But to, out of the blue, on a show, 27 years later, to call a man racist. Now, again, Dan Patrick walked him down that road because he was looking for clarification. I thought that was a pretty good interview because he just kept pushing him or nudging him. Hey, you said this, you said this, you said this. And finally, Pippen went there and just said, yeah, the guy's racist. He's basically saying Tony Kukoc, who is a European player, white, got that thing over a black player who should have been given his turn in in um, in Scotty's mind after all these years, Stephen? For a kid who you were um, when that happened in 1994, you had just joined us in this world. All right, you had you maybe been on the earth for about a year. I think you were you were a little baby. You were a toddler crawling around doing your thing, starting to learn how to talk and everything. But I mean. Isn't it amazing to you, and you've read all the history, and you've learned a lot more about the Bulls in those days, that these men at age, whatever they are, in their mid to late 50s, still have this much anger in their heart, mm-hmm. and they can't get past these grudges. Does, does that does that surprise you? It does. I think there's... Uh, a bigger discussion just about like athletes mentality and that ability to like internalize those things and how that, how good that is for sports, but maybe not how that, how that's bad for your life afterwards. Uh, But I remember in the last dance watching Scotty recount that moment and being apologetic 
to an extent, like saying, yeah, I should have stayed in the game. I shouldn't have handled it like that. But then after all that, Matt, I remember him coming back and basically saying, but if I had to do it again, would I do the same thing? Yes. And it, it made no sense to me at the time. It was like in his mind, he understood why he should regret it, but he still felt like he was so disrespected that he should have done the same thing. And I mean, that's a heavy accusation to say that there was a racial component that factored into that decision. Patrick went on to ask him about the play where Michael Jordan passes the ball to Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr hits a three. And he said, well, you know, in that instance, what do you think happened? Because there, there was that example of Phil drawing up a play for someone other than Michael and Scotty said, no, that was just basically he said that was Michael Jordan propaganda. That play was drawn up for Michael Jordan and he made a good pass. And later in life, he made this, you know, dramatic story where he tells Steve Kerr that he's going to pass him the ball. And it was, it was all part of the air Jordan brand. So he just, he harbors a lot of resentment for not getting, I, I, I guess what he felt like was proper credit being in, being in Mike's shadow. And that carried over to the seasons where he wasn't, where Mike wasn't even there because even then, you know, I I'd certainly understand why Scott would be like, okay, the guy left the guy that I've been kind of robbing to left I'm an MVP type candidate. I'm having this amazing season. And then in the biggest moment of the year, you don't trust me, but I, I can't, I can't really speak to his experience. It's tough for me to see why Phil would, you know, why, why that would come into play the race factor, but Scotty seems to believe that. And he confirmed it there with Dan. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's sad in a way that these guys, I mean, these guys accomplished so much. They won six titles and that there's still this need to kind of, uh, I guess, justify what you did. I think that's a big reason why Jordan did the doc because he kind of felt like he had been out of the game so long that people were starting to lessen his impact and say, well, maybe Kobe is at his level. Maybe LeBron's at his level. And that 10 part series was his way of reminding people no, there's nobody that can step to the myth of, you know, Michael Jordan. Uh, and it, it just stays with these guys. You see it with Kevin Durant responding to everybody on Twitter. Like they just can't, they can't let these slights go, even when they seemingly prove people wrong and make it to the top of their craft. Yeah, you see it in the media, you see it at different levels, but this is at a high, high level the uh, the beefs that, that players still have with each other. All right, to a happier story. The Baylor Bears are on a roll. Do they have a top 10 recruiting class in the making for 2022? We explain next. Recently on Game Time. We're joined now by the national champion head coach, Mitch Thompson. Having played in the championship game in 15, we were on the doorstep. In 17, we had a great club, and we've been pretty consistent. I think we've been able to put together a really good program with really good coaches and players every year. And You know, I'm sitting here staring at the trophy in my office right now, and it's, it's making me smile, but it makes me want to go back and get another one. Game Time, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. When you're dealing with life's ups and downs, it helps to know the ins and outs of insurance. Farmers Insurance has been sharing practical insurance knowledge for more than 90 years. At David Greenup Insurance Agency, they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. Contact David Greenup Farmers Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889 to find out how he can help you protect the things that matter most to you. That's Greenup Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889. We are farmers. Bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 bum. 
The Jeep Freedom Day sales event is going on right now at Freedom Country in Killeen. And you can catch a great deal on hundreds of vehicles, both in-store or online. And every new Jeep comes with a membership to America's most valuable customer care program, the Jeep Wave Customer Care Program. Get worry-free maintenance for your new Jeep at no additional cost. Come see why you can always buy for less in Killeen. Visit us in-store or online at freedomcountry.com. We're making car buying easy with five makes, two stores, all in one location at Freedom Country. Walking into a gym can be very intimidating and uncomfortable. Mobile Muscle can help. The importance of your health is something you can't put a price on. It's a new year, which means God is giving you the opportunity to start fresh. Life is busy and times are different. With my workout program, I customize a plan that will work specifically for you and come to you. No gym membership wasted, no workout equipment needed, no excuses. I'm Matt Cunningham, and I'm Mobile Muscle. Give me a call or text today, and let's kickstart this year off the right way. 254-716-5174. All right, one of the hottest months of the year in Texas coming up. So Alan Samuels is turning up the heat, making the hottest deals around on the new lineup of Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, and Fiat. Ram Spotlight Days. Ram is the three-peat Motor Trend Truck of the Year, back-to-back-to-back. Top safety pick for trucks named in 2021. Come check out the great-looking, always reliable, built-to-haul. It's just a truck that gives you everything you need 2021 Ram Trucks. That's why Ram Truck owners are the most loyal to the brand. Steven, do it for the brand, all right? Alan Samuels, of course, out there on 201 West Loop 340, just down from Highway 84. Alan Samuels is your friend in the car business. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. The Milwaukee Bucks go up 2-1 in the Eastern Finals, beating the Hawks 113-102. In the West Finals tonight, the Clippers are at the Suns. Suns could punch their ticket to the Finals. They lead that series 3-1. Tip is at 8 o'clock. Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight, Montreal at Tampa Bay. Puck drops at 7 o'clock. Former Baylor standout forward Lauren Cox, the number three pick in the 2020 WNBA draft, was waived by the Indiana Fever. Astros split their four-game series with the Tigers over the weekend. Astros come home and start a series with Baltimore tonight, 6.05 first pitch. Rangers get a sweep of the Royals. They had the day off before starting a series in Oakland with the A's tomorrow night. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley. It is uh, Matt Mosley alongside Stephen Simcox. Stepping into the booth now is Kevin Longquist from Rivals. My longtime pal, back from a uh, more refreshing beach vacation. Tried to let, tried to let him have vacay, but one day we had to, there was a lot of activity on the Baylor recruiting front. We had to interrupt his uh, beach experience, but he's back on uh, dry dock now. And um, Kevin, welcome back to the uh, Mosley and Simcox extravaganza. And boy, as you return, the Bears. Having a big, big, like, uh, 48 hours, I would say uh, they did this, I don't know how long ago. It was like a year ago or something. But, uh, Kevin, this is a uh, this is quite a run the Bears are on, and, and you, you guys at Rivals have them knocking on the door 
of the top 10 for 2022. Yeah, it's an unprecedented uh, time for them. And, you know, Matt, we've seen in their history, going even back to our Bryles time, where they would get this glut of commitments over a four- or five-week span, traditionally between May and June. So what's happening under Dave Aranda kind of reminds me of that era under Art. And, yeah, uh, this weekend, just a huge pickup for them. They've got four commitments that are coming in off this weekend, starting with NFC Sledge, the defensive tackle from Monroe, Louisiana, then Caleb Douglas. Wide receiver from Fort Bend, Hightower commits yesterday. Then they pick up a two today. Uh, the offensive lineman, Alvin Ubisele, uh from Coppell. And then, Bo- then Devin Bobby, a safety from DeSoto. And we probably are going to have a fifth. Could be today. Could be tomorrow. We don't know. But it's, it's been one of those times where they've made the, the most out of these two official visit weekends from last week and this week. They've already got 18 commitments, probably looking at 19, like I said, within the next 24, 36 hours. Wow. So they're going to add to this thing. Now, how does that, you know, when you're talking about uh, Baylor right now being in front of Alabama, I mean, that's, and I know Alabama will close, and right now I think they only have eight to nine commits, and they'll obviously end up in the top five and everything. But, I mean, where, where is this Baylor class? Is it just kind of a... Um, it's a really nice sort of uh, complimentary type piece. Like how many, if you had to say right now, these are the two studs from this class. Like these are the, these are the names that are holding this whole class up. Or is it just really a lot of uh, equal talents across the board? Well, I think for me, Matt, the way you look at this is, okay, you've got two benchmark players, I think in some respects between Zach Pyron and the co- quarterback out of Pinson Valley, Alabama, who committed to them back in February. Then you have George uh, Miley, the offensive lineman from South Jordan, Utah, who committed last week. I think those are two. But, uh, you know, I, and that doesn't want, and I don't want to discount any of the other guys that have come in here because you look at other really solid guys like Kelsey Johnson, tight end from Red Oak. You also take a look at the Bryce Simpson uh, from, Cy, from Cy Ranch and Kyler Jordan from Lovick, those guys, I think, have been very essential of building this uh, class and putting things together for them. And I think from that perspective, it's a very tight group. And it's a really solid class. Now, in terms of where are they going to finish up, I mean, what they don't have right now is a four-star in this. So it's all going to be subject to change. But also keep in mind that there are several more ratings periods for us that are coming uh, we'll have our next one, I think, in August, and then we'll have one during the football season, and then our last one will be in January. So I think there's a real possibility that a few of these guys, like Miley and uh, Pyron, will probably get, get a chance to knock on the door to get to that four-star where they have been. But other than that, you have a lot of guys on this class that are really solid, with, and they've done a great job of addressing a lot of the, the needs. I think the one thing that's interesting about this class, though, Matt, is the fact that they took – an unprecedented number of offensive linemen. Well, they have six with this addition today. And I think that tells you what the offensive coaching staff thought about the position. No offense to the guys that are on the roster right now. But I think we all know as Baylor fans and followers that pretty much since the Jim Grobe year of 2016, this position's been kind of a mess. And they, they've got to address it, and they've got to get after it, and they've got to do a better job because they couldn't run the football last year. They've had trouble protecting the quarterback, and if you're going to do something about it, you've really got to make an effort to do that, and that showed uh, with this class. I think they're, by the way, done with this position. At least they better be. 
Yeah, it's uh, they need to create the depth there. Um, it, it's uh, Kevin Longhorse joining us from Rivals. He's been uh, following all these announcements all day and and helps with the uh, ranking. What when you uh, is there any sort of like um, some some teams like to wait and sort of uh, get all their recruits kind of at the last minute. Um, what what is the what do you think is the positive for Baylor? to kind of basically try to put a class to bed pretty early when you get 18 guys for 2022? What's the what's the pro, what's the con to it? Well, I think the pro is that they want to build the family, family atmosphere, and that's been something that's been always been one of the hallmarks, regardless of if it's been Art Bryles or Matt Rule or even Dave Aranda, that they've been able to sell that kind of message to players, and that's why they've been able to hang on to these kids for the most part, you know, Art built his classes very much the same way where he was getting them all in around this time, Matt. You know, and Matt Rule did that to some extent, but I think Aranda's following a little bit of what Art's playbook is. And also keep in mind, too, is that with the official visits becoming a thing over the last couple of summers, rather than having to wait in December and in January, it kind of builds that atmosphere, builds that momentum for them to do that. Now, are they going to hang on to every one of these kids? I like their chances, too. They actually got some pretty good news. This kind of went under the radar over the weekend with a Kyan Roberts Day, the athlete from Missouri, who was their first commitment from, you know, he committed way back in May of last year. Really talented athlete, could play anywhere on both sides of the ball. And he actually announced over the weekend he, that he was shutting down his recruiting and wasn't going to go anywhere. And this is a kid that's been, you know, who traveled the camp circuit this summer. You know, he went to Alabama, was offered by the likes of Tennessee. And I think he was a guy that Baylor was probably going to have trouble hanging on to. But when he announced that he was going to stay to lock in with the Baylor staff following his official visit last week, that really made, I think, a big impact in terms of keeping this class together. So that was a big step forward. Okay. And, uh, Kevin, if I can make the um, – it. by the way, you always put things in perspective for us real well. Like the dead period's about to hit again. So would you say that you talk about family and everything, you just, these teams suddenly after all these, this almost year of, it was a whole year of like a, basically Mm -hmm. a dead period. It opens back up. Did Baylor do a great, I mean, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth here. Did, did Baylor do better job than other big 12 teams and like hitting the ground running? How did Baylor handle suddenly getting to have the unofficial and official visits and, and is there any particular person other than Aranda that you would give credit for really, uh, for really doing a great job here? Well, I think one thing is for sure is that they had an agenda on how they wanted to do this. I mean, you could have, they could have offered official, visit week, official visits the weekend of June the 4th, but they, did, but they didn't do that, Matt. I mean, or they could have done it the weekend of June the 11th and didn't do that either. So what they did was that they had everything sized up so that they would do it for these two weekends. And they were able to get the, the guys in that they wanted to. They kind of had us, you know, use some strategy about who we could get to visit, if you will, for speaking on behalf of them, if you will, of can we get this guy in here? Maybe like a Jeremy Patton or somebody like that, because he came in last week versus other visits. And I think that was kind of making sure that they could get them in. Sometimes getting guys in for their last official visit before the dead period, which started today, the 28th. Uh, was an important step for them because even if kids walked out of there, like Eric Brown, the East Texas linebacker, he, he's going to announce the final two here uh, later on today. Uh, 
you know, Jeremy Patton's going to announce his top four or five, uh, it'll probably about four o'clock this afternoon. So you might want to look for that. Those guys, you know, make that impression. You know, I don't think they're going to make a decision, obviously, anytime soon. But if Baylor gets into those finalist lists, then that kind of tells you that their strategy worked. Now, in terms of how it works against a Texas or Oklahoma, you know, that, that could be viewed in the eyes of the beholder. I just know that what they did worked for them, and they obviously have put together a great class. And in terms of, you know, where, you know, fitting in some final pieces, because spots are getting tight now, uh, with the possibility of this 19th commitment coming, you know, you're going to have to be, you, you can't fault them for anything at this point, other than the fact that they've still got to get a couple more defensive backs and maybe another linebacker, maybe another defensive lineman as well. Okay, we got to be brief on this answer, Kevin, uh, but I wanted to get Mr. Simcox in here, Stephen Simcox, who has uh, kept a close eye college baseball recently, but he's got a close eye on his college football. Go ahead, Stephen. Kevin, you just mentioned Derek Brown. I know he was tweeting that he was really enjoying Waco. Uh, he's announcing that top two. Do you get a feel for how much ground Baylor made up with the, with the official visit this past weekend? Well, I think they did. I mean, tweets are what they are, Stephen. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor makes it. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I mean, it, it's, I think it's going to be – I know they made up ground, but is it enough to – to get in that top two, hard to say. I think if there was a top four, I would have liked their chances better. But, you know, he's a really talented kid. They've been after him early, and they were one of the first to, to offer him, Stephen. So they have that going for them. And I think based on the electricity that they had over the weekend, um, I think that was an important thing. By the way, I got sidetracked on one thing. I just want to give a shout-out to my daughter, Kylie, who was the, doing the Instagram for me today for Alvin Obasoli. He was the top L offensive lineman. I don't have an Instagram account. She does, and she was the one that helped track uh, Alvin's commitment down today. So I wanted to let her, let that be recognized. Yeah, you know, I just uh, made sure I'm following Ky- Kylie on Twitter. So in case she's like, who is this guy? <laughs> tell her it's one of your old buddies, and, and tell her we appreciate the help. Uh, that's, a great, that's a great recruiting work done by Kylie, and I hope uh, yeah. Kylie – Boy, you've got a you've got a, a couple. What do you got? SEC, Arkansas, and Alabama in your family. Is that yep. right? That is correct. Yeah. In fact, uh, we just had a great uh, with the uh, visit that we had, uh, or the the uh, beach vacation that we just had. The uh, Razorback and my Crimson Tide were with me, and uh, my Razorback just went back to Fayetteville this week, and she's uh, starting her summer school classes to pursue her master's in education. So, uh, so she's oh, on the road. It. That's exciting. Just make sure those boys don't show up on those beach trips, okay, Kevin? Uh, they didn't this weekend, so they knew, they, knew the, they knew the old man was after him, so that's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, Kevin, I appreciate it, buddy. All right, Matt. Always a pleasure. Have a good one. There he goes. Kevin Longquist, Rivals, Rivals.com, joining us to break down recruiting. Stephen, excellent job, as always, by you. I want you and uh, Tom to have a great game time session. That'll take you 4 to 6 o'clock this evening. This is the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. We'll see you tomorrow.